Welcome to the Inside Muskegon Podcast with your host, Jason Pisecki. Now, here's Inside Muskegon. Welcome to Inside Muskegon. This is episode number 37. I'm Jason Pisecki. The Inside Muskegon Podcast is a weekly show featuring interviews with community leaders and comments from everyday people from Muskegon, Michigan. The goal of the podcast is to engage Muskegonites in a dialogue about the issues that affect our everyday lives. This week's show features an interview with Sonia Williams, a commentary on the interview, information on contacting Inside Muskegon, and another new way to listen to the podcast. As I mentioned, there is another new way to listen to the Inside Muskegon podcast. The podcast is now available on WZZM TV 13's website. All you have to do is go to WZZM.com and click on WZZM 13 podcast. Scroll down and you'll see links to the latest podcast. I want to thank Tim Garrity at WZZM for posting the podcast to their website. I really appreciate your support for the podcast, Tim. And now on to our interview. This week's interview is with Sonia Williams, the Chief OBGYN Resident at Mercy General Health Partners. I'm here with Sonia Williams with Mercy General Health Partners. Thank you for taking the time out with Inside Muskegon today. You're welcome. Why don't we start out talking a little bit about your position at Mercy? I'm an obstetrics and gynecology resident, which means I'm in my training, uh, my four years of training in the specialty of, the, of obstetrics and gynecology. I graduated from medical school in East Kentucky and then came here for uh, my specialty training. And you recently returned from a trip to Africa. Correct. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, this was actually my second trip to Africa. My first one was last year. I did a trip with um, Dr. Gustav Barquette. We went to Togo for three weeks. Um, I fell in love with Africa. The people are just wonderful. The country is beautiful, and the need is great. And um, so I went back again this year. Only this year I went to Kenya and stayed there for two months and spent that two months learning more about obstetrics and gynecology, how I can help in a third-world country, and um, just learning from the people. Give us a little bit of a feel for the conditions in Africa. Oh, it's <laughs> it's it's hard to explain um, being in a third world country and then coming back to the United States. Um, I often tell people that people in America don't know what it's like to be poor because um, in Africa you don't have clean running water. Um, you are lucky to have electricity. You are um, very blessed to have any sort of transportation or a job. Um, so people are at the basics. Um, just getting food sometimes is a struggle. Um, so, you know, here in the United States, there's always somewhere you can go to go to the bathroom and get drinkable water, uh, water that you won't become ill with. And that is n not the case in Africa. What about the conditions in the hospitals and the places that you were treating patients? <laughs> That's very interesting. Um, at first it was quite frightening. Um, in Togo, um, when we go into the 
OR, uh, the operating room, to do surgery. We don't use prophylactic antibiotics, which we use routinely here in the United States, just give people antibiotics to help prevent infection. We can't do that. They don't have the money for it. We're trying to do the procedures to keep the funds to the minimum because most of these people can't afford what they're having done in the first place. Um, The IVs are all made there in the hospital out of glass bottles hung from cages that are all rusted um, into the patient's arm. And it's the drapes they use are uh, reusable. They launder them right there in the in the hospital. Um, they all have holes in them. Um, it's very difficult sometimes to get someone draped so that you have just your your field you're operating on exposed and not other places. Um, even in in Togo, it was more so than in um, Kenya. But in Togo, the um, sponges that we use in the operating room were laundered and reused. In Togo, they actually had fresh ones, or I'm sorry, in Kenya, they actually had fresh ones that you could use in every case. Um, they in Togo was more um, economically challenged than even Kenya was. And so we did everything we could to scrape every penny. I would imagine that working in conditions like that present a tremendous challenge as a doctor. And I mean, it just seems to me being a lay person that, you know, like as far as things being uh, sterilized and sanitary, Mm -hmm. um, not the same, you know, not the way it is here in the States. Absolutely not. There, there really is no comparison. I think that most people, if they walked into an OR here in the United States and saw what we did in Togo, if we did the same thing here, they would turn around and walk out and be absolutely horrified. But these people are so thankful for everything that we do, every little thing. They are just so incredibly thankful, even if we tell them we can't help them. Even if we do a surgery and something bad happens, they are still thankful that we were there that we attempted to help them, and um, that we used what equipment we had. You know, we also used um, a cautery device um, to coagulate blood vessels to stop bleeding. And we use those here in the United States all the time, but in foreign countries such as Togo and Kenya, we take all of these bovies, is what they're called, here, from here in the States and take them with us because they need those and they don't have them readily available. And they reuse them. They put them in an antibiotic or uh, bleach or other bug juice, as they call it, and um, use them again and again and again and again. So people are just very thankful to have anything and very thankful for anything that we try to do to help them. What was the mission of your journey to Africa? What did you hope to accomplish by going there? Oh, I, I hoped to further my education. Um, I hoped to learn to be a better surgeon. I hoped to help people while I was there. Um, and I think my trip went far and beyond that. Um, I, with each trip that I've gone to Africa, I've, I've learned a little bit more about myself. I've learned a little bit more about the people. Um, and each trip has made me grow spiritually and personally, um, I, I just, it's so difficult to come back and explain to somebody how the depth of of information that you learn in such a short period of time of living in a, in those conditions where you don't have electricity all the time and it goes on and off and you might have internet or you might not. You might have a telephone and you might not. You have these incredible people that just work so hard every day and are so thankful for the opportunity to do so. 
and um, you learn so much from them. You learn so much inspiration from them, take away so much inspiration. How was your program funded, your trip to uh, Kenya and Togo? I imagine, I don't know if they were like the same type of deal both times that you went there or if they were separate. They were separate. Um, the the um, Kenya trip was funded by um, Samaritan's Purse or World Medical Mission. They gave me a scholarship um, to go to Kenya, uh, which is part of the reason why I went for two months. Um because their requirement for residents to fund their trip is two months. Um, they funded my portion of the trip, my flight, my housing, and um, my medical license, that sort of stuff. Uh, my family went as well, though. So my husband, my two children, and my father-in-law and my mother-in-law all went as well. And um, we paid for that. Were there any parallels uh, in Africa to Muskegon as far as healthcare conditions, uh, anything going on there that was similar? No, it, it just isn't similar. There, you, you cannot imagine the, the um, poverty that they have. Um, Kenya is a very westernized country, and it still was, and it was much wealthier than Togo, uh, but both countries were still third world countries, and there really is no comparison. I think that um, we have some poor people in the United States. We have uh, we have the Heights and Muskegon, but um, still, those those people have so much more than what the people of of Togo and Kenya live with on a daily basis. The transportation is difficult. Their housing conditions are are unreal. Um, my family went to visit the home of. Um, Another family, uh, Togolese, or I'm sorry, a Kenyan family, um, who had a restaurant in town uh, just up the hill from us. It was called Mama Chico's, and the size of it was probably the the whole restaurant was probably the size of our bedroom in my house. And I don't have a huge house, but you know it's okay. And <laughs> the whole restaurant was the size, and people would just just flock to her restaurant if they could afford it to get her samosas, which were her specialty. And my father-in-law made it a regular trip to go up there for breakfast, and he got to know them quite well. She invited them to her her house. She was so proud of her house because it was really something for a Kenyan uh, to have such a nice house. It was made of mud and concrete, no floors, um, no running water, um, no electricity, um, you cooked outside over a fire and, you know, this is, this is how they live. And there were, um, probably six people that lived in the house and it was, uh, very, very, very modest size. Let's shift gears a little bit from Africa to Muskegon and talk about health challenges in the Muskegon community. Okay. Um, during my residency, I worked through the Women's Health Center. We deal with a lot of um, the Medicaid population of uh, Muskegon. Um, there are a lot of offices that no longer take Medicaid uh, because of the challenges with um, health care today and, and paying, getting paid, uh, that sort of thing. Um, there are a great deal of challenges in terms of getting people, I think, to understand how important their own health care is, especially when you're looking at um, young females. I think that 
always when you're young, we think we're invincible um, and that we are uh, not in danger of, of having any horrible health problems. So we have a tendency to get into some very bad habits, smoking, drinking, that sort of thing. And I think that those are some severe challenges for the city of Muskegon, trying to educate people and how to not smoke, maintain healthy pregnancies, maintain their own health. Um, those things are very difficult. So you would say that education really is the key to a lot of these things, to heading off the problem before it becomes an issue? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because funding isn't the issue here. You know, in Africa, there's no money for so many things. Here we have that. We have federal grants. You know, there's there's Medicaid. And anybody can go get their pap smear. Anybody can go get prenatal care. Um, in Africa, they don't get prenatal care. You get, you're lucky if you get an ultrasound on somebody. If they're 36 weeks, they know how, what their dates are when they come in pregnant. You guess as to whether or not they are full term or not. That Those challenges don't exist for us. The money is there. It's just a matter of people being educated as to how to get to it, how to get the care they need, and what it is that's important for them to know to take care of themselves. All right, let's move on to our final question. You have one minute alone with a person that has never been to Africa. Tell them, in your opinion, what the most important thing is that you learned about the country. Oh, geez, most important thing. That's a difficult question. I learned so much there. The people are incredible. They're strong. They are friendly. They are kind. Um, they're, they, but they have a different mindset. Um, probably the most important thing to deal with in terms of being an outsider and going there and coping is to know that these people are coping with what they have and doing the best that they can on every single day. They have no support from anyone else. And so they have just their survival instinct to live off of. So you will see a little bit more crime. You will see more um, political um, problems. (laughs) Um, You see a lot more um, corrupt government, a lot of corrupt government. Um, In Togo, for instance, we go through customs and you bribe them with pens in order to just get through because otherwise they will spend all day going through every single pair of your underwear. <laughs> um, but you know, you know you, when you think about all that these people have to do to just survive, it, it's amazing. And you, you just learn to cope with the fact that it's different and they don't have the luxury of the law system being set up as well as it is here, the legal system being set up as well as it is here, the um, checks and balances for their government they don't have. So um, it's it's easy to be very understanding when you think of it from that perspective. Well, thank you very much. Really appreciate your time. Well, thank you. Oftentimes in this country, we take it for granted how fortunate we were to be born here. Necessities like clean water to drink and reliable electricity are luxuries in a third world country like Africa. Here in Muskegon and across the United States, if we lose power for a few hours, like we did recently, we're up in arms. In Africa, that's a daily occurrence and part of everyday life. As Sonia said, we really have very little clue here about what conditions are like in impoverished countries around the world. 
I am personally in awe of Sonia Williams as well as the other residents for Mercy General Health Partners that traveled to Africa. I want to thank her for sharing her story with the listeners to this podcast. I hope it gives all of us some perspective on how fortunate we truly are to live in a community like Muskegon. Now, Muskegon does have their share of health-related issues. We're also very fortunate to have not only one, but two world-class medical resources in the Muskegon area. As Sonia also said, education is a key to overcoming many of the challenges we have in our community. I would encourage area residents to take advantage of the resources offered through the hospitals, local governments, and nonprofits. For more information on Mercy General Health Partners, visit mghp.com. I'm going to move on now to some listener feedback. And for the latest listener feedback, visit InsideMuskegon.com. You can post your own comments to the site, view the comments of others, and even comment on their comments. Feedback can also be left via voicemail at 231-354-2332. When dialing, be sure to include 1231 and leave your first name and city in the message. And I think in probably the next podcast, I'm going to share a little bit of the feedback I've been getting over the last few weeks because there's been a lot of good comments posted to the site. That brings us to the conclusion of episode number 37 of Inside Muskegon. For more information, visit our website at InsideMuskegon.com. Inside Muskegon is produced by Jeremy Sear. For Inside Muskegon, I'm Jason Pisecki. Feedback is welcome at Jason at InsideMuskegon.com. This has been the Inside Muskegon Podcast. Comments are welcome through our website or by emailing jason at insidemuskegon.com.